This is Amanda. And this is Chris. And this is Vocal Perspective. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Vocal Perspective. Today, my co-host Chris is here, but she's part co-host, part guest today because we have all of Epic. Epic is the 2012 Harmony Incorporated Harmony Queens. Hello, ladies. How are you? Good. So we have Christina Llewellyn, who was the tenor, and then Anne Albright, who was the lead. Chris Adams was the baritone, and Shauna Oshiro was the bass. Which now I know Shauna as a tenor, so this is still, it's really blowing my mind to think of you. It blows our mind, too. I want to give Amanda props. I think she might be the first person who has introduced Shauna and actually put a proper accent to her married name. It's beautiful. Like, nobody says Oshiro the way Amanda does, and other than maybe Andy and Shauna. <laughs> I've not heard it said that way, and I think it's beautiful. So thanks, I, Amanda. I paid six go. figures for that education in Japanese, so I should pay <laughs> you sometimes. All right, so let's get started. Let's tell everyone how Epic got started. I'll let you all decide who's going to answer what. We know who the boss is on this one. Well, a baritone and a tenor walked into a bar. Now, that's kind of how I, yeah. It's a little bit like that. So I had moved to the D.C. area, and this is Chris Llewellyn. And What year was that? What year did you move to D.C.? I forget. I don't know. Like all the years ago. (laughs) I moved here in 2007. No, 2005. I moved here in 2005. Also, I had been in this space of raising kids and, you know, Richard was directing the Alexandria Harmonizers. So I was just out of it. And I was really turned off of it, too, because I was involved in a chorus. And when I had a baby, they weren't super interested in that. And I didn't have childcare. You know, I lived down here by myself. So I fell out of barbershop, even though I was a barber brat, I fell out of it for a long time. And so when I got back again, it was because Chris Adams, her dad, brought a Hot Topic CD to my husband's rehearsal and brought it home. He's shameless. Shameless, man. He's like, look. He's like, they should sing together. And I'm like, Chris Llewellyn, this sounds familiar. Oh, Richard, I know him. It was, yeah. Yeah, and we were for sure at Harmony Incorporated's International when Hot Topic was winning or handing down a crown or something. We were getting our permanent crowns. I flew in, almost didn't graduate college because of that. It was rough. Yeah, so we got together as a tenor and a baritone, which is super weird. But we also made lots of great noise together. And it seemed to click like our voices really seemed to match then it just became about finding our core and Shauna was in the music therapy program with my husband Richard and so she was over like hanging out I think drinking at my house and she happened to like mention three, three, oh, three, three, three pre-kids yeah, that's right yeah. she was is a soprano but also she's like yeah I sing low notes but it's kind of like a party trick I didn't know I could really do anything <laughs> with it and then Anne I mean what do we say about Anne she fell into our laps I mean they think it's weird because you guys worked at the same company, but you were completely separated from, you'd have to know somebody. And Anne luckily knew somebody that Chris worked with. Lisa Mitchell, who is still somebody I work with to this day. She's like, I can't believe it. She actually introduced us, which was so crazy, but I just showed up at Chris Adams' house and... I do believe I promised wine and guacamole. All right. I mean, <laughs> this sounds good. I knew nothing about barbershop at all, but of course I had sung, you know, for years and sung competitively and sung with just different groups. Radford graduate, right? Yep, yep, yep. You sang at Radford. Radford. how we all had our own background as singers. Chris Adams and I were more barber brats. Ann and Shauna were just stunning performers in their own spaces. So for us to come together, 
together, we were very new and very raw as a barbershop quartet, but we each had our personalities as performers. And I think that over time, that really just kind of gelled and it was part of the magic. Kind of unapologetic about it. I liked that about us. We were sort of like, oh. And we had, sorry. Shauna and I had no idea what we were walking into. I can relate to that. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> no idea. No idea. Shauna and I were like. And it's pretty difficult to be brought into it by the two Chris's whom have never known a day of their life without it. So it's sort of like looking at me and trying to tell me the sky's not blue, right? I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. So there was a little bit of that, I'm sure, going on. And I look back now thinking, wow, we are really lucky they stuck with us because <laughs> that was like a lot. Like it was a, it was a ride. That was a ride. Tell us a little bit about your run up to winning the crown because you guys weren't on the competition circuit very long before you won. We had gotten together too late to get into the area contest cycle in 2011. But because Shauna and Ian are just new and because international that year was in Hershey, PA, and it's drivable. So everybody hopped in a car and we went for the weekend. And it was really kind of one of those critical moments in our development because we got a lot closer. Like it was probably our first weekend away. And Shauna and Ian really got the full dose of <laughs> what Harmony Inc. was all about. And so we kind of ran around and we sang after the fact. And we did a courtatorium hit like an after the contest test hit that went really well. And I think we took a lot of folks by surprise. The following year finally had been together enough to get into the area cycle. And what was odd about it is that back then, the state of Virginia and the state of Maryland were almost like, I think they were called expansion areas. No, outliers, geographically <laughs> outliers. So we had to pick, we we could either, because Sean lived in Maryland, which was an expansion uh, state for area two, and we lived in Virginia, which was an expansion for area six. So we had to pick. So we became area two champions in Montreal, <laughs> which was just so weird. Oh, that was a lovely trip. I've been thinking about it a lot lately because Bernie's been all over the place, right? So I've been thinking about like our trip up to Vermont and Did our driving drive? and oh, well, we flew to Burlington, Burlington, right? Burlington. And then driver extraordinaire here hopped in a van. And this is the fun part. My passport at the time still had my maiden name, but my driver's license at the time didn't. So that was really fun. But the DMV had given me my driver's license back that had not expired yet. So I still had my old driver's license with my maiden name. We were a little nervous because you're like, you can't tell them you're going to win a contest or you're going to get any money. Like there's a lot of rules. Do you remember that? But we got Chris some Tim Hortons and life was good. And beignets. That was beignets. So that was can our we go back first to Montreal morning. then? You know, when I got to say though, building up to, and I know Shauna can speak on this too, building up to winning, we just gigged. I mean, we gigged, we practiced and we gigged a lot. I mean, we really jumped into it. We basically were like getting to know each other under fire. And even at that point, I mean, it was like four very strong personalities coming together being like, okay, well, what is happening? You know, I in mean, completely, in weirdly different parts of our lives, which was really interesting too. Right. I think I mean, that, you and me, Chris, were closer. Yeah. I had just had a baby. Your babies were younger. Well, I had younger kids. And Chris's, had- Chris's could make their own series. She was just showing us the dream. Like we were like, what's going on? She's like, it's okay. You'll get there. And we're like, we don't believe you. And then Shauna's like, kids, schmids, whatever. I look good in this dress. I was just like, I loved her. And Shauna was just balls out. I mean, I hate to say it like that, Shauna, but like you didn't quit. 
You didn't quit. You were such a go-getter. And you still are. And it just shocks me, awes me to this day because I still don't have that level of energy. And I was convinced, Shauna, and I can go on record saying it, I was convinced that when you had a kid, it was going to like slow you down. And I was going to be like, I'm going to see Shauna slow her down. No, it's just <laughs> ramped you up and more. Every time you have another kid, you just kick it up a notch. But you like took it to a whole nother- No. So I want to throw it to Shauna because I want to know how it's been different when you started Epic and where you were in that headspace to where you are now. Like, I don't know. I think you in life had had the opportunity to grow the most since Epic started comparatively to say the rest of us. I don't know. We were her first friends that didn't know her maiden name. Do you guys yes. remember when we had to ask her her maiden <gasps> I, name? I Googled her. Remember when I Googled her? It was great because I didn't know what her maiden name was. So I was like, Shauna, Miss Maryland. Like I was trying to find because I didn't know her maiden name. Cool too. I was like, ooh, I'm hang- I'm in this new group with Miss Maryland. And guys, she's more <laughs> stunning now. So all those people that pick her up in a lineup, she's still gonna. they're still going to pick out Shauna in the lineup as Miss <laughs> Maryland. But Shauna, like, what was that like? get that headspace for you right out of college you're right that it was totally different i mean because i was the only one at the time without kids yet well you because you were just i just had the baby remember i was pumping at our rehearsal that's always fun i had to do that too yeah i mean you know and you all know that existence before parenthood motherhood is just a completely you know another like a past life (laughs) i mean i remember myself and it's funny like oh we went to hershey for like a weekend i'm like oh yeah back when i could just like say hey honey i'm gonna like go to pennsylvania for a while see you later okay bye (laughs) i was transitioning into a new aspect of myself in studying music therapy having come from a background of classical voice and pursuing classical performance primarily and it was a couple of years after that big recession stock market crash and so I was in a place of well I don't want to be you know just sitting around twiddling my thumbs waiting for opportunities to happen so I need to still be a person in another way and this is the kind of thing that matters to me this is why music matters to me about connecting with others and sharing and then Richard and his wonderful self invited me into your life space and circle and (laughs) you introduced this barbershop thing and I really feel like like Anne said like we had no idea what's going on I think it had to have been a good six months before I put it together there was a lot of hours in the car right Shauna like what Amanda can speak to attest to this but definitely relate to that too yeah Shauna came the farthest and we were all still coming pretty far but Shauna definitely put a little extra mileage in there Shauna and I I think always looked at each other like okay all right it's not a secret why we let you guys room together so you could decompress for a bit like come on I mean we actually were very lucky to have each other to work through it together (laughs) because we didn't know like we were just like what is happening so we go to like Hershey and really I remember having the experience of singing in front of people and a couple people were like oh you're loud yes and I was like well, no kidding and I'm proud of it like you know y'all are loud wow you're loud and I was like, like this yeah. is how singing is done yeah like, I only remember like the second day of Hershey Anne turns to me and she's like oh there's little choirs yeah. I, didn't know that they- I didn't know there were choirs I thought there was just quartets I didn't know they had choirs oh god i'm like is there a difference i mean and i okay so nope there's not right well i mean apparently there is so and i wanted to be respectful but of course i didn't you know i didn't always accomplish that <laughs> 
I was definitely the problem. I spent a lot of time in adult time out, I think. But we had a whole set dedicated to it. We had a whole set dedicated to it. I feel a lot of connection to Shauna and Anne right now because I came in with very little knowledge of barbershop at all. And then I think my my catchphrase when I started singing with Chris and Chris was just tell me what to do. And then the whole time they're like, Amanda, you're not loud enough. So we get on stage and I'm like, I'm going to be loud enough. And then they're like, you're too loud. You're too loud, Amanda. Shut up. We didn't tell you to loud. I didn't tell you to yell. Sorry. Shut up, Amanda. I don't, you can take out the, the F word. Amanda probably could relate too. Like I would have these moments where I was like, what is going on? And there, it was like, these are the in the room conversations. These are not the out of the room conversations. We have these conversations <laughs> in the room because I was like, what? There's a rule book. There is a book. Anyway. It was fun that they were so clueless, I think, because yeah. we kind of brought them along. But then there was a point, especially when you get thrown into winning. I mean, that's a whole separate story. We'll do that. that. Wasn't We weren't even planning on that. We get into the winning part of it. Then suddenly it doesn't matter whether you've been doing it for five seconds or a million years. You're now a queen. And we needed to define what that meant to us. And I think, you know, we did a pretty good job at that. I think that even though we were new, we sort of all agreed that we were going to be come at it with like a humble, like servant leadership kind of approach that those crowns, they didn't belong to us. We won them and we got to wear them for a year, but we really tried to think of it like that they belong to the organization. And so we spent a lot of time and it was hard in the beginning. Our kids were young and were getting busier in our careers. It was not easy to spend multiple weekends a month away from home, but you know, we also felt this kinship and camaraderie with the entire Harmony Incorporated organization for accepting us. You know, we came out of nowhere. We won and we really wanted to prove that we weren't going to go anywhere. We had so much fun, but we also took really seriously our brand and our personalities and and even like our recording. We put a lot of energy and money into making a great recording because we wanted Harmony to have that. We took it seriously that we represented them. At the time, back in 2012, I was an outsider and I have to be honest, your quartet was my first introduction to Harmony Inc. First ever. So I think you guys represented it well because because up until that point, I thought my only option was Sweet Adelines and no offense to that organization, but it doesn't really fit with my personality. And then I saw you guys and I was like, oh, hmm, maybe. Do you guys remember <laughs> when we went down to Roslyn and we talked to Ockerville? radio. Yeah, that was awesome. Our podcast is hosted by Akaville and Rachel, who interviewed us that day, used to be the host. So I just recently replaced Rachel. So there's the full circle. Rachel, we saw the picture of Rachel in the crown. It's her favorite picture. She loves it so much. I, I want to say I was I didn't know anything. And I was just somebody new who was trying to figure out once I met everybody at even Hershey and I had put on Lindsay's crown. Oh, that's how they got me too, Anne. I went yeah. to a Bellanova after party and Chris and Chris put their crowns on my head and I was like, okay. This is interesting. I really think I look good. I still have, I know the picture that I have. I can picture it right now. And that was Lynn's. But then also I tried, that was Lynn's. And then I did try on also Lindsay's. I remember Lynn's. Well, it became a weekend thing. It was how many crowns can Anne wear in the weekend? And that was also a really a- awesome thing. And I think we actually worked through some of that and we were Worked with that with being part you know, queens for Harmony Inc. How, what that makes somebody who's coming in, how it makes them feel, and it really makes them feel like, oh, this is something I want to aspire to, and that's what it did for me. And I think after that weekend, I had said, okay, well, I let, let's go win. I want to win. And that's always really how I kind of approached. I'm like, if I'm going to be in a contest, I want to win. So <laughs> we all took. I mean, we really did. We we're like, well, we're going to go kick some butt. It was so refreshing as a longtime barber brat, born into it parents found out they were pregnant with 
me at a barbershop contest, got married at a barbershop contest. The other way around, they did get married. Then they found out like, whatever, I don't care. I'm woke. (laughs) It was the other way. But I was refreshed to have two people who would actually say, well, why? Why do you do it that way? Why does it need to be that way? Is it okay if we do it differently? Can we do it differently? Like, I want to do it differently. And I think for me, as a barber brat who had blinders, really, of what barbershop was, Epic was a blessing to have these super talented musicians just come in and embrace the art form but bring their own spin. Yeah, bring just bring their own selves to it. And there was no cookie cuttering with the two of you. There was no fitting you into a box. And I really loved that. I loved that we got to kind of build Epic around two people who just were fantastic musicians and fantastic performers. And I do feel like Chris and I, I wish we would have had more time early on to build that around that. We kind of fit it into a package as quickly as we could, and we did a great job. But we grew into a quartet that I was really proud to represent And I hope you guys, in the end, felt that you were in control of your barbershop voice. You know what I mean? Like, because I think in the beginning it was like, do it this way. Okay, there's just two things I want to say and then I'll shut up for and let everybody else talk. But we owe a tremendous and undeniable amount of gratitude to Richard Llewellyn. There's no way it would have happened without Richard. He was so patient and so awesome. And the way he coached us was, I don't know that there's anyone else out there that could have done it. I just don't think that anybody could have had the patience and the time and the ability to relate to each of us on a totally individual basis. He really connected with each four of us. There's no way that it would have happened. With I, I really believe that. Don't you guys agree? 100%. It wouldn't have happened without Richard. That patience with our womanly BS, right? The Richard factor was something that we could, it's its just undeniable. Everybody was like, oh, it's going to happen too fast. It's going to go away too fast. And I was like, what are you talking about? But it did. It, it was so rushed and we won so fast. And it was like we experienced what I think a lot of Cortex experience in a two-year period that it takes them like five years to get to, maybe four, maybe four, you know, like they experienced it over a much different span of time. I don't think it would have happened again without Richard, but if Shauna and I hadn't had a pretty decent personal resume of performance, it wouldn't have been the same. Yeah, the coaching aspect of performance with the two of you was just glorious that there wasn't. And so like, it can't deny that we had that going in. It was a blessing. I had more work. You would have thought Richard, it was like Richard had the playbook to my personality, obviously his wife's personality, to Shauna's personality and to Adam's personality because he just knew how to deal with each of us in our own way, I think. Finding that person for your group is, and and what it was is another thing I felt like is Richard didn't want anything for it. You know what I mean? It wasn't like about money. It wasn't about gratitude. It wasn't even about accolades. It was, I think I remember correctly, Chris, that he said it was his wife's turn. She had waited long enough and he he supported it. You know, y'all's parents too. I mean, he was just our number one fan. I mean, he just, he knew our sound so well and which is why our album also turned out so great is because he produced it and he got deep in the details of how to make that work. It was great. And I think that, you know, what happened when we won, we weren't supposed to win. We were not ranked to win, but we were just on a trajectory. And like Anne said, we had been gigging. We did this weekly sing out at the Corcoran Gallery down in DC. Was that every week? Oh my goodness. I mean, they did a brunch. 
brunch on Sunday. We yeah. would sing and then we would eat. And it was Baking. literally the best mm. part of my life. I, you know? I, <laughs> I know. We, you know, we spent a lot of time together on the road, but that weekend of the contest, that was back in the day when Harmony Incorporated did semifinals in the morning and then finals in the evening, which is a form of torture for anyone who's been in a barbershop contest. To go through that kind of roller coaster with adrenaline is insane. And so we were supposed That's to sing first because we legit, like didn't know what we were doing and like sent in our form late. So we we're supposed <laughs> to sing first. No, I had already won a crown at that point. So I really should have flipping known what was going on, but I didn't. Yeah, yeah she was a kid when she won, yeah. you know, and so like we're just trying to figure things out. We send our form in late. We're supposed to sing first. And then as many people know, but for new listeners who are not around and had a fateful spinach salad from room service the night Salmon. before our contest and it made her sick. She ended up in an ambulance. She got food poisoning. The EMT was hot, I can report, because <laughs> she was in my room. And so he was a good looking dude, but they took her off on a gurney. And, you know, at that point, I just decided to let Chris and Shauna sleep. Yeah, it was like Vivaldi's spring over in my suite. It was like, doo, 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 doo. I woke up contest morning. I'm like, so we, we were able to go to the judges again, thanks to Richard. He went to the judges. Jackie Jensen was in charge at that point and said, we need time. And so they allowed us to sing first after intermission and which was sweet. And so I think everybody sort of knew our deal. And our first set was a hot mess. We sang two ballads, but we were supposed to sing first. So I do think that it's pretty interesting. And I think if I was competing, I'd probably be a little ticked at this point because I'd be like, well, they were supposed to go first. You know, they were supposed right. to go. So we are very lucky. And thank God they were so kind to let us do that because we really did. It was real. I mean, it was definitely real. It was a mess. And, you know, Anne was so loaded up on Zofran, anti-nausea meds, and she'd been on IV. And, you know, so like we weren't sure if we would go out there and she would actually be able to last six minutes on stage without having to leave for a garbage can. She barely made it off that stage. Barely made it off. Barely made it off before we were dipping her in an ice bath in the bathtub. She was cursing on us. Coming off stage and literally fell down. Yep. We caught her. I was like, I can't carry Anne anymore. Somebody need Richard. Need yeah, Richard. She sort of collapsed into our arms. And what was insane about it is that she then like kind of, she's spiking a fever. Her body's in overdrive. The adrenaline runs out. We don't even really hang out for the call off. She goes back to sit in an ice bath and try to get her temperature under control. And we had to sing that night. We had to put a new costume on and put fake eyelashes on her. And if you go back through old pictures, you'll see us like she's literally like in a coma in a chair and we're putting makeup on her. And then we go out and do that, that Cruella DeVille set. And we were backstage. And at that point, we were just on fumes. And we were joking and talking about random things. We realized because those dresses had trains on them that we couldn't back up in them. Like they were a <laughs> golf cart. They go one way. And so we had to figure out how to get off the stage. I am not graceful. And I was four months pregnant. So I was even less graceful than I already am. <laughs> It was, so it just ended up being this experience. There are mistakes in that performance. You know, you go back and you, you watch it and there's not a ton of video of us out in the public space because there were a lot of concerns back then about, you know, licensing rights and, you know, things are a lot different now. And so there's not very much video of us from our heyday, but you know, that, that set, when we went out on stage in the Cruella dresses, you know, that comes after a very long, almost 24 hours worth of insanity. And so we mess up a few notes or we 
don't hit a few chords, but honestly, I just can't even believe that we pulled it off. And I think that most of the audience couldn't either. Yeah, because honestly, we were so young and new and such a like we had the opportunity to just say, you know what, this isn't worth it. But never once did Anne ever even mutter that she wasn't going to sing. It was the weirdest thing. Like I would have been like, I'm done, guys. There's got to be a baritone that can fit into my costume and knows the rest of your. <laughs> this is a volunteer hobby. I can't. I'm done. I remember thinking, oh, I hope Anne knows that, like, if she can't, it's okay. But it never was. It never came out. And I don't even. I. I'm. Yeah. I actually never even thought to like think. Hey guys, maybe let's not. I just never even thought that. That's crazy. I mean, well, really... I didn't want to put the thought in your head, so I didn't say anything. Why'd you put that out there? What happens? <laughs> like that happens again. We can't win again, so it's okay. Right. The good thing is, is that we just we powered through. Obviously, I mean it was nuts. I mean, one by two points with wow. Cruella Deville, by the way. That's a fun story, Amanda. That's a really good one for this podcast. I, we should that should be what we wrap up the podcast with. And I know we're already at like a t- so good. Chris and Anne and Shauna and Shauna. You've actually had even more experience working with this person since Epic. We had a, a naysayer. Not really. He's just honest. He wasn't really naysaying. He was just honest about it. Epic was kind of encouraged to maybe not sing Cruella Deville as it's typically sung from a man's perspective and he definitely has come around to that and he's changed his mind and i've talked well, to him since but uh, talk a little bit about have you had around. did you have any conversations with him shauna perchance about that yeah no but it's funny now that you bring it up i don't remember my understanding of at the time of why he advised against it was more about it being like too hard for us Interesting. We talked about who we're talking about. Oh, I wasn't sure if I wanted to like drag his name through the mud, but it's fine. No, no, he would love it. He would love it. David Wright. He's an amazing arranger. Yeah, amazing arranger. Yeah, everybody knows who arranged it, but it was an arranger and you have to contact your arranger to get the right. Back then, actually, you contacted the arranger to get the rights to sing it. And now you go through a society. But yeah, he was contacted by Chris. It was actually one of you two, Anne and Shauna. It was one of your brainchilds. It was it you, Shauna, that recommended Cruella DeVille when we were going to Orlando. I feel like it was you. And Chris is like, there's a song. And so from that point on, she couldn't, I mean, we threw out other Disney numbers and we threw out other things, but she could not get off that track. And so you went to David and Chris, how do you remember it? You know, I kind of was the business manager and he was not a fan of the idea, but Vocal Spectrum had made it famous and they sang it faster. And, you know, we decided we were going to sing it on the backbeat and make it a little bit of a swing. And we were going to sing it as if we are Cruella. We embodied the concept of Cruella and then got the, you know, the outfit to, to prove it. That was one of our most requested and most popular songs that suited to this us. Day. Yeah, it to was, this day. Yeah. It was fun. It was yeah, I mean, but you guys are talking about what 2011. They're still that way because Chris, when we sang together in Rogue, we picked songs. Oh yeah, we picked for us songs that were traditionally sung by men. And what yeah, did we that's get the it? Thing. That's- it was one of the number one things that they've said. So I really, they were still like, uh, well, that was Crossroads song, and I'm like, well, no, it's our song now. So like, they don't yeah. own this song. <laughs> I like doing. I always liked doing that. We picked for all we know, which was previously oh. sung a lot by Riptide. I you think know, that's we- my favorite. Yeah. We picked guys, traditionally guys, and I just didn't want us to sing the same stuff that everybody else was singing. We, we tried to do different things. A little further in our development, we had some songs designed and arranged for us. The girl in 14G, we were all fans of Kristen Chenoweth. And, you know, to have it be so perfect that we had an opera singer, a jazz singer, a barbershop. And we wrote the barbershop. We wrote that in. <laughs> yeah, and Chris so Adams has this 
Broadway belt of, you know, being the narrator. And that was one of my favorite songs is because it really showed off what we were about. We picked up high heel blues because we pretty much were never seen in public without heels on. And just Shauna just really needed a feature because she was such a badass. So a moment where she just was, and everybody always ate that, ate it up. They loved it. Song is still my favorite song to put on, like in the car and crank up the bass and listen to Shauna do that song. I know more of Shauna's part than I do my part. (laughs) (laughs) You don't sing the blues. I bet we're in the right key. I bet we are. People say you you don't sing the blues. I was on my way to sing, reflecting on DeVille and even the idea, songs that were traditionally sung by men and even the whole concept of a women's female identifying barbershop organization and what that really means about like the importance of women's perspective and a diverse collective of women's perspectives that are included in storytelling because you know thinking about and I wasn't really in tune to this at the time and other ways of ways that you grow and things that you wake up to but Cruella DeVille so many like all of the female Disney characters are written and created by men. And there's all of this storytelling from 101 Dalmatians to Rapunzel that stigmatize age and authority when it comes to women and that it's vilified and made into this whole, you know, where she's the villain and even like what it means to own sexuality, even like from coming into womanhood and last and surviving it, you know, as you mature (laughs) and that like that still gets to be yours and it's not a raging mad thing. It's not something to be mocked. It's a strength and it's a real thing. And I love that we were able to redefine that particular character and certain aspect of femininity, despite being told by a man, and I I love him very dearly, but, and for whatever reasons they were, but I am very much all for that. If it's a story about a woman or feminine and anything that involves the woman in the story or whoever it involves, that person should be completely allowed to tell it. And the way that it's like suits their truth. And we totally did that. And it was lit. And I love, that's why I love this. It was lit. That's exactly what the perspective I wanted because with vocal perspective I'm constantly looking at what perspectives our guests can bring to the listeners that you wouldn't necessarily get anywhere else and there are a lot of perspectives that women bring to all walks of life that I find fascinating and intriguing and I hate that I find them surprising because we don't hear them as often as I would like. And we're going to close off this episode there, but we have so much more to share in the next episode with Epic. We'll see you next Tuesday.